0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, July 22, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. As KCAW's Catherine Rose reports, an unnamed passenger reportedly tested positive for the coronavirus in Sitka on Monday, but then flew the next day to the lower 48 on the multi-stop milk run through southeast Alaska.
1: Public health nurse Denise Ewing wrote a letter published in the Sitka Sentinel newspaper warning that a COVID-infected person and three symptomatic companions had managed to fly out of Sitka despite being told to isolate. It urged anyone who'd been on Tuesday's Alaska Flight 73 from Sitka to Juneau and Flight 60 from Juneau to Ketchikan to Seattle to be aware of their potential exposure. Libby Watanabe was a passenger on the flight from Juneau to Seattle.
2: Yeah, it was a typical flight. It was very full. There were no empty seats.
1: Once she got home, she saw Ewing's letter circulating on Facebook. If it hadn't been for social media, she wouldn't have known. I think that's just
2: really irresponsible of them. And it's worrisome when you find out things like this and how other people have unnecessarily put not just myself and my family in harm's way, others as well.
1: Watanabe is vaccinated, but she's concerned about exposure to variants. She contacted her local health clinic, and they recommended she monitor for symptoms for the next week. Sitka is in the midst of its worst outbreak of COVID-19, with more than 200 active cases in the community. Juno's deputy city manager, Robert Barr, says it's unclear to him how people knowingly infected with the coronavirus could get on a plane.
3: People are not supposed to get on commercial flights if they're, if they're symptomatic, and certainly if they've tested positive for COVID-19, um, that's a prohibition.
1: Barr says Juno's Emergency Operations Center hasn't received word of the incident. His office did get an email on Tuesday from a concerned citizen.
4: We were not aware that
3: there were uh, symptomatic positive individuals um, that, that, that flew. Uh, certainly that's concerning.
1: He added that Juno's local officials are reaching out to the state for more information. Dr. Louisa Castrodale is an epidemiologist with the Alaska Division of Public Health. She told reporters there's a process for preventing infected passengers from flying. It's not voluntary. It's called the Do Not Board List and is run by the Centers for Disease Control.
0: Um, this is a conversation that goes through several aspects. You know, what's the disease, what how infectious is this person, um, and what is their intent to travel, um, because there needs to be that component of um, an intent to travel, not just somebody who said, "Oh, you know what? I just found out I was positive or I'm infectious. i'm going I'm gonna stay put.
1: The no-fly list is coordinated at the federal, state, and local levels. And she says it's not always as fast as someone booking a ticket. And sometimes because of timing, it's difficult to either get somebody on or off that list very quickly. Castrodale did not clarify whether that process had begun for the passengers in Sitka or whether the COVID-positive passenger was on the Do Not board list. Alaska Airlines released a written statement on Wednesday. It says the company was notified by the CDC about the COVID-positive passenger while Flight 60 was already in the air and headed to Seattle. It says airline staff met the passenger in Seattle and informed them they would not be allowed to continue to their final destination. The statement does not mention the three other passengers who Sitka's public health nurse says had exhibited symptoms. Castrodale says if a person on a flight tests positive for any highly communicable infectious disease or virus, those results are sent to the CDC. And those notifications, again, go back through to the quarantine station, who then works with the um, airline companies to, to go through the, the passenger manifests and then shoots out notifications to the states where they have residents who have been exposed. But ultimately, it's state health authorities who notify passengers who may have been exposed. But as of Wednesday afternoon, Watanabe says she hasn't gotten any calls and she's not happy about people flouting the rules or refusing to get vaccinated.
2: Folks that chose to not be vaccinated, um, you know, those folks may have been on the flight as well. And, you know, this could very well be a super spreader event because the flight was so full, which is, you know, it's very, very disappointing.
1: KCAW reached out to the state's public health officials and the CDC for more information. But as of Wednesday afternoon, its questions remain unanswered. With additional reporting from Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick and Juno, I'm Catherine Rose reporting in Sitka.
0: The first large cruise ship of the season arrived in Sitka on Wednesday, the first port call in the community by a big ship since September of 2019. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
3: It's mid-afternoon at the backdoor coffee shop just down the street from the radio station. This is the urban center, the heartbeat of Sitka and you can barely feel a pulse. The chairs are on the tables, and two or three folks are getting coffee to go. There's a couple of shoppers in the bookstore next door, one in the artist cooperative. The day is breezy and gray, not bad for Southeast Alaska actually. Maybe the action is a couple of blocks away at Centennial Hall where cruise passengers catch their shuttles back to the dock. I'm walking around Sitka at about two o'clock on uh, the 21st of July, the first day of the cruise ship season in Sitka. Royal Caribbean Serenade of the Seas is in, and Sitka is very quiet. Here's some folks who have some fish and chips. Let's see what they have to say.
0: Pam and Patrick McDaniels from Layton, Utah.
3: How's your cruise going? It's
0: awesome. A lot of precautions, which is good.
3: Yeah, everybody's (laughs) vaccinated on the boat?
0: Except for children that are not old enough to be vaccinated. But everybody else is required and they make us wear a white wristband to verify that we've been vaccinated.
3: The McDaniels are enjoying the low density on the Serenade of the Seas. The ship has a capacity of about 2,500 passengers, but on this inaugural cruise has one quarter of that load, with just a little over 600 and about 800 crew. So, the McDaniels feel safe on the ship, but what about in Sitka? The community is experiencing the biggest coronavirus surge of the pandemic with over 200 active cases.
0: We've heard that. So is every place. So is Utah, where we're at. There were 800 new cases in Salt Lake.
3: The arrival of the Serenade of the Seas is the first of around two dozen cruise ship calls scheduled for Sitka between now and the end of September, although many late-season ships cancel when the weather worsens on the outer coast. It did not take the non-existent 2020 cruise season to refocus the strategies of Sitka's downtown merchants. Across from Harrigan Centennial Hall in prime cruise passenger turf, Shirley Robards is staffing the desk at Stereo North. She says she hasn't seen much traffic today, but that's not really her market anymore.
0: We were not dependent on cruise passengers. We used to be, but that was before Amazon. When Amazon came in, it kind of took a, you know, and Tuffy thought about it and thought about it, and he said, I think we're going to do furniture.
3: And just because she's not tethered to the cruise trade doesn't mean that Robards doesn't care. She's an advocate at the highest levels for a visitor industry rebound that benefits everyone.
0: I think it's going to work out. I really do. I really believe in God, and I think that the people of Sitka You just have to hang on and do what you can do and hope for the best.
3: The Serenade of the Seas is scheduled to call again in Sitka on Wednesday, July 28th. Holland America's New Amsterdam is scheduled at the same time, giving Sitka its first two-ship day of a short and quiet 2021 season. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Four fishermen escaped with their lives over the weekend after a sane vessel sank south of Ketchikan. As KRBD's Eric Stone reports, crew members from another fishing boat heard their distress call over the radio and arrived in time to rescue them.
4: Around 3 a.m. Sunday, Pete Feenstra says he and a three-person crew were readying themselves for an 18-hour salmon opener south of Ketchikan. Then he heard a mayday
2: call from the radio.
4: The Mount Pavlov, a fellow saner, needed help.
2: And they were coming, you know, they're kind of booming in on the radio. It sounded a lot closer than where they had said that they were.
4: Feenster says he looked at the navigation system aboard his 56-foot Seiner, the Noble Provider, and saw that the vessel in distress was less than a mile away. And he knew what he had to do.
2: Pulled up anchor and we just flew over there. And and by the time we got there, the the boat was pretty much gone. I saw the stern uh, sticking out of the water and the skiff. And they had crawled in a skiff. Um, but the skiff was still attached to the boat, so I sent my skiff over, they jumped in.
4: He says they tried to save the skiff as the 63-foot fishing boat went down, but as it sank nearly 300 feet beneath the waves, the skiff went with it.
2: I just told my guys to cut the line. Um, they didn't want to jeopardize anything else, so cut the line and within seconds it was gone.
4: They returned to the Noble Provider, where a Ketchikan-based 45-foot Coast Guard response boat picked up the shaken but otherwise unharmed crew members and returned them to shore. It's not yet clear what caused the Mount Pavlov to go down. Its owner, Rick Rude, didn't respond to interview requests on Wednesday. The Coast Guard is investigating, says Chief Petty Officer Kip Wadlow. We want to make sure that if there are any you know, issues that, that need to be improved, that we can identify those and then you know, potentially make changes later on down the line for commercial fishing vessels and, and increasing their safety but one thing is certain it was a harrowing experience for all involved fientra said three days after the incident
2: i've seen boats on the rocks i've i've been on a boat on a rock um i've been on a boat that uh, caught fire and sank in my own boat and i uh, know it's it's a scary feeling on no matter what side of it you're on obviously a lot more on the side of uh of, of the person on the boat but uh you know, we did, did what we could to get over there as quickly as we could and uh, did whatever we needed to. As of
4: Wednesday, there's no word on whether crews will attempt to salvage the 72 year old wooden vessel. State records show it has fished in Alaska since at least 1978. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone.
0: I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. This is. My-